The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh my God, Jody, I am totally ready. Let's do this. So how's it going? This is going to be so exciting. I'm so happy to be doing this show with you. It's a special show. I know. It's going to be so like different just to talk to each other and learn from each other as opposed to having like some of the fabulous guests we've had. But now like you're my guest. I know. And you're my guest too. And everybody, you know, who's just waiting for us to like announce a guest, we are actually doing the show on each other. So that means, you know, it's going to be a little bit off the cuff. It's going to be like me and Jody, you know, doing our thing, bantering. But we hope that, um, you know, we want to share with you a little bit more about what we do and how we work together and all of that good stuff. So, right. And it's kind of a special show because we just found out we got extended, didn't we? Yes, we did. It's so exciting. We are going to be with you for another year. Can you believe that? A whole year. So, like, (laughs) thank you, small business owners, that you guys have, like, had enough faith in us to, like, keep listening and want to listen to us for a whole nother year. I know. So that's, like, 12 months, four episodes a month. That's a lot of episodes. So, you know, it's it's very exciting. We're we're both pretty pumped about it. Totally. So, So, yes. Go ahead, Jody. Well, so we wanted to do some fun stuff to just get to know us a little bit better instead of some like just regular introductions, because hopefully over the last um, 14 weeks or so, you've already realized what Liz and I do for a living, right? That I'm a CPA and Liz is a writer, editor, marketer extraordinaire. So we want to actually get kind of personal and learn about each other and let you guys learn about each other or learn about us um, some more. So, Liz, why don't you get started and ask me some of these five crazy questions you came up with? Yeah, we did. We agreed to come up with five questions for each of us without sharing them. So, um, you know, this is anything goes. We're in the hot seat here. Okay. So, Jody, favorite musician of all time? New kids on the block. (laughs) Really? Wow. Okay, that's awesome. And, and I actually saw them in their comeback tour last year. So, you like, did. I am not just a fan from when I was, like, uh, a teenage girl. Um, I dragged my daughter, and we saw them at the comeback tour um, last summer. <laughs> did they still have the moves? Like, what is this, like, they 20 years did, later? And, and all the 45-year-old women were still there <laughs> walking over them so yes new kids on the block wow okay all right so um that's good to know yeah and so favorite thing to do when you're not working Um, I know you're always working so (laughs) no so I you know I like to like exercise you wouldn't think it looking at me right but no I actually like to swim or I I like to walk I like to like get my endorphins going and I like to kind of get all creative when I'm kind of in that like that exercise zone so I actually like to exercise okay that's great that's really healthy too um most guilty pleasure most guilty pleasure reality tv okay do you have a favorite show Teen Mom. Teen oh, Mom. Wow. Mom. Why is that? Because um, it's so real, right? So yeah. I love reality TV, and I it's 
I, I don't know why, but there's just something about it. And now when I watch regular TV, it seems so scripted. So reality TV um, is my thing. Okay. All right. I can I can get down with that. Um, okay. This is related to the TV. Netflix or cable? Um, probably cable, but mm-hmm. on demand. Okay. All right. All right. And this is my last question. I kept them really. This is like lobbing softballs at you. I mean, come on. Where would you love to travel? Wow. So I'm a I'm a world traveler and I love to travel. I lived in Europe for a year when I was in college. So I lived in Rome. And, um, you know, I've never been to South America. Mm. And so I would like to go to South America um, because I've kind of been to Europe been there done that and I, mm-hmm. I've never been to South America so mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool wow okay great so South America cable but on demand um reality tv exercising and new kids on the block <laughs> new kids on the block makes Woo-hoo, it yeah okay cool so the great job you just you know I'm done no more questions Okay, you're in the hot seat now, and I got some good ones for you. Okay, gosh. So what is the most extreme thing that you have ever done? (laughs) On live radio? I'm not sure I can say it, but um, let me think here. The most extreme thing that I've ever done. Well, I would have to say I one time did a midnight 5K run on New Year's Eve in New York. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how extreme that is, but, you know, um, it was like, you know, getting on the subway at like 11 o'clock at night, which I'm sure like people do all the time. But for me, that was like, you know, I mean, it was probably like five or six years ago and going to Central Park and being freezing. And I was wearing like an emerald green like dress over my running pants because it was New Year's Eve and like we were supposed to be festive and then I ran f- uh, 5k and there was like fireworks going on in the background and a, and a band and like there was you know it was it was really fun I don't know if I would call it extreme but well, that's a good it's a good it's a good extreme thing. okay 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 so your favorite city in the world whoo um, I have to go with my hometown. I love Portland, Maine. I have to say, like, I haven't really traveled a lot in my home, t- uh, you know, like internationally. Um, I've been to Canada. I would have to say I love Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. I really, really love that city. But, um, yeah, I love Portland, Maine. I think it's a really, really great city to visit cool. and be. Yeah. What is your biggest pet peeve? Okay, my biggest pet peeve is gum chewing, I have to say. I hate, I do not like gum, and when I am sitting next to somebody that's chewing gum, it's like my whole body is, like, repulsed. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, like, everything about it I don't like. And I don't don't know why. It's not like I grew up. Well, I'm glad I'm not a big gum chewer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I would be on a date. Like, if I was on a date with somebody and somebody was like, you know, chewing gum, I would be like, okay, I don't know if I can actually get past this. <laughs> I mean, I know you're probably a great person, but it's grossing me out. So anyways, that's my pet peeve. And, and what is something that you do every day? Um, walk my dog. <laughs> that's a good one. Routine is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She has so, to go. Well, she does have to go out, you know, so um, and what's her name? Because sometimes we hear her on the radio. So yeah, I know. Her, her name's Lou. And what kind and of dog is she? She is a uh, Schnauzer-Welsh Terrier mix. As, but that's what they told us. She was a rescue. We actually got her probably a little bit shy of a year ago. So she's going to have a birthday soon. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, and this is kind of a weird question, and my uh-huh. team was kind of, couldn't believe I'm going to ask this question, but we're going to go for it. Okay. When you die, do you want to be uh-huh. cremated or buried? Yeah, I think that's such an interesting question. Um, I would have, I have to, I'm not sure, but I think I want to be cremated. Um, I'm all about cremation. <laughs> you are? I am, because... 
I don't know. I feel like it's a waste of space to be buried. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I agree. I mean, it's nice to actually have a place to go, I think, to memorialize somebody. But you can spread ashes places and go there. You know, it's not, I don't know if it's really necessary to ha- take up, yeah, space in the earth. So, wow. These are good questions, Jody. Thank you. Right. So, so what we what we learned about you is you do five Ks in the middle of the night. <laughs> you like your hometown. You are against gum chewers. You walk your dog. Yeah, and you want to be cremated. That is amazing! Wow. Okay, I mean, everybody. I think you guys know everything there is to know now about yeah. myself, Liz. I don't. I don't think there's very much left I to know. know. We really. Oh, we really know each other pretty well. I think so. Um. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about our relationship and also talk more about um, content and how we build a brand together, you know, and and a little later in the show, we're going to talk about my new favorite subject, which is value pricing. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that one. So um, yeah, stay tuned. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at Let's Get Radical.org. Now, back to the show. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guests today are ourselves. Can you believe it? We're just going to be talking about, you know, getting to know each other a little bit better so you can get to know each other a little bit better and uh, get to know each us a little better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's be clear, okay? Um, so we want to talk about brand building, you know, because Jody and I have been working together for a long time. You know, I would say, I don't know, seven years or something. And, you know, for people that know us, we met at um, Accounting Today. And Jody um, was like, you know, started writing articles about her perspective of, you know, taking over her dad's firm and sort of transforming it in real time, like not to use that overused term, but like, you know, she was writing as things were happening. So, I mean, you were building the Radical CPA brand, Jody, before it actually had the name, the Radical CPA, right? Right. And I didn't even know it was a brand. I mean, that yeah. I think is what's so in, like, yeah. you know, it's kind of that dumb luck looking backwards, right? Is that I didn't realize that we were actually building a brand. What I knew was that I was writing because things were confusing to me and I was mm-hmm. trying to get my own thoughts clear. And then... Um, you know, fast forward seven years, and now we actually have a brand. And I I think maybe that's one of the reasons our brand, 
our brand, and I say our because I think Liz has been phenomenally instrumental in helping me build the brand. But the reason our brand is so strong is because it had kind of that raw honesty to it. And it wasn't like I set out to create a brand, correct? Yeah. I mean, I think that you were seeing something different and you wanted to share what you were learning. And I think it's important that you said, you know, you were working things out by writing, which I think is really important to to say, because I feel like a lot of people, especially people that, you know, are seen as advisors, don't want to really be vulnerable in writing. You always want to look like the expert at all time. And, you, you know, and I think like, in your writing, you were like, okay, this is going on, or and you were like critiquing the major paradigm of accounting that was already happening, and you were like questioning things. And I think that that is really important in sort of getting a new voice out there um, and starting to build followers, which I am sure at that point you were just like, I don't know, followers, whatever, you know, you just wanted, you know, you just wanted to write and, and you were getting published for it. So, I think that that is, um, I think that's really important is, is being able to write in a way that, you know, not only addresses what's going on for you, but also is interesting and compelling and reaches into other people's minds and brains, you know, and hearts about what's going on for them. And I know that I started a movement or I was really part of a bigger movement, right? And that was, I was one of the, the key voices in the movement and that's, you know, kind of how I was spreading the word. But the other piece of it is, is, and I think for small business owners, you can have a movement about anything, right? You can be um, connected to anything and start explaining it and talking about it and connecting with people who are interested in it in whatever it is you do. And that's what actually creates content, which makes you, um, makes you, or I shouldn't say makes you, it sets you apart from the guy next to you who's selling the exact same thing but has no sort of content connected to it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I think people don't get when they talk about content is they don't realize how when you personalize content, how much more influential it becomes. Right. And that propels you to an expert, you know, status. You become a thought leader, you know, with your writing. If you, you know, if you differentiate yourself like you have, you automatically people see you because you're not saying the same thing and you're able to, you know, speak, speak from your truth. People are really drawn to that. So I think like you, you especially have done a really good job doing that, I think. And, you know, and that's something I noticed right away. I was like, oh, okay, who's this person writing about like, you know, um, the accounting world and how it needs to change and the things that you're finding out. Like to me as an editor at that time, that was really compelling because it was different from all of the other, stuff that was coming across my desk. So, you know, no matter where you are or what industry you're in, like Jody said, if you want to become an expert in your field, like you got to start writing, you got to start doing a podcast, you got to start, you know, getting yourself out there so you can, you know, give your voice and you can, I, so you can amplify your voice, you know? And I think you need to be different, right? I think yeah, you need of to figure out what makes you you. And, and capitalize on that piece, because if you're putting like I, I see these articles about people who want to become thought leaders. And I always think I never wanted to become a thought leader. Yeah. I became a thought leader because my thoughts were actually different than everybody <laughs> else's thoughts. Right. But right. when these people say, oh, we'll become a thought leader and they just regurgitate all the same thoughts, um, your your thoughts are not going to be leading if they're regurgitated. Right. So I think right. that's really important when people talk about content and blogging and all this other stuff is you may not agree with everyone, but usually it's when you don't agree with something that actually leads, um, that leads it to be stronger content than when you're just saying, yeah, this is what everybody's saying. Right, right. And something different that you've done and, you know, I think is important is that you decided to invest in marketing early on. You know, you, you were like, you started writing for the publications and then you had people behind the scenes helping you helping you with that. And so what for you, you know, how did you decide to make that investment? So I think for me being a CPA as a professional, I was always afraid that I wouldn't come off as being professional. And when I say professional, meaning like having my periods in the right places and my capital letters and all of that kind of editorial stuff 
so from early on, I was like, I got to invest in an editor to help me. But what I didn't realize that editor would do would actually help me clarify my thoughts and build a tone around my brand that, you know, my brand is me a lot of times, but on the other side of it, it always comes back to the same consistent voice that I don't think as a CPA I necessarily think about. And I think that's a lot of times where you come in, Liz, is where you make sure that when I'm writing, it's consistently the same. And um, I, I guess, would you agree with that, Liz? Is that's part of what managing tone and voice is? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to start out with a voice. And for you, you had a voice, you had a natural voice. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's light and it's funny and it's, you know, like you have teenagers so that's reflected in your writing you know and I think that like it's it's and you're off the cuff which I think is really important and as an editor I don't I don't really want to you know stiffen up your writing I want your voice to come through and I also want to make sure that you know grammar and all of that stuff is happening but not at the at the risk of losing your voice or any rhythm. So it's my job, I think, as an editor to enhance your writing, the writing that is already there and just to make your voice sound even stronger than it does on paper, you know, and use punctuation and grammar to amplify what you're trying to say. So I think, I think like, yeah, I mean, you, you have had a voice to start out with. And I think like some people, you know, I like to think that everybody has, has their own unique voice. Right. And sometimes it's harder to sort of find the, the juice in it as like (laughs) what I like to say. And sometimes it's not, and you were one of those people that just automatically had juice. So it was sort of easy to edit you. And at the same time, there are other people that, you know, write very stiff. And so you have to like, for somebody that's writing very stiff or very technical, you really have to think about, okay, who is the audience here? Like, am I sending this out to a bunch of CPAs who are getting like tax news right now? Because maybe, maybe the, the, um, tone is going to be different than whether or not you're sending out like a private newsletter to your followers that want to hear like you off the cuff, like, you know, using a swear word now and then, and like, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's really a matter of, the audience. And, um, and one of the things that I think has really done well for us, and I, and I think it, it proves it is, I think one of the things Liz always helps me do is, you know, finish my thought, right. Is, and when I say finish my thought is help me, um, pull it back around or make sure that there's a, there's an actual point because I know sometimes I go off on these rants. So I, I have to say that sometimes I think Liz helps me make sure that, you know, when you read the piece, that it's a complete thought. But one of, I think one of the validations of what having an editor has done for me, what having a brand builder, because I think it's more than just like periods and commas, etc., has done for me is, um, and I like to say we, but um, won the award for LinkedIn um, top, top 100 most blog or like um, money and finance bloggers. And it was totally based on shares and organic likes. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that and what, what that can do for a brand. So by making sure that I had an editor from the beginning, making sure that my tone and my voice were consistent, it allowed us to post these blogs to LinkedIn and to essentially um, win this award. And I say we won it together because I truly believe we won it together, Liz. And then um, you know, after we won that award, now we have, well, I have over 65,000, yes, 65,000 mm-hmm. followers, which to me is unbelievable from a brand and marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And, you know, you've just been growing your audience, you know, rapidly as time has gone on. And I think it, I think it's important to say that you know, not only did you want to write, but you also saw the importance of writing and you decided to invest in that. And you started out with an editor and, you know, and that's, and then our relationship has sort of morphed from there, you know? Um, so it's been, it's been being quite a marketing, journey. right? It's more than editing. Yeah. Right? So like when it first started off, it was kind of editing and now it's really marketing and brand building and, you know, I don't know, VP of, uh, <laughs> my CMO. I don't know. What do you what do you want to call yourself, Liz? Yeah, I, principal. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. Principal, v, VP. I'm I'm into all of it, you know. And um, 
Yeah, it's but, been it's been good. Um, and I think the other thing is is um, from a, a technical perspective of being a CPA and saying, you know what, like I do very well at business development and I do really good at technical tax, but I need help with marketing and I need help with um, positioning and I need help with all those other things that makes our business stronger. Because I think too many times in a small business owner's life, they think about what they know and they forget that they need to surround themselves with people or experts in other things to make their business pop to the next level. Right, right. And I mean, and I think also, you know, you've been really open to different ideas and, and also, you know, we collaborate on a number of things, white papers, blog posts, you know, we work with vendors, like we, you know, we do a lot of different projects and, you know, I think it's been because of your openness and willingness to work with somebody, a marketing person. And, you know, I don't even really consider myself a marketing person, even though that's exactly what I do. I mean, I always think of myself as a journalist or a brand journalist. And in some way, you know, we've been working on telling the story of your brand as it's been happening, you know, of the radical CPA brand of our brand as it's been happening. And I think, um, I think that's powerful. You know, I think that's really powerful. I so, like that. A brand journalist. I never heard that before. Oh, yeah. Brand journalist. Yeah. I mean, a lot of big companies hire journalists to run a sort of newsroom out of their, you know, office and, and to create content because we now know that, you know, direct advertising in the way that it used to be does not work anymore. So you, if you're a company, how are you going to attract engagement? You're going to create content that's going to address the needs of your customer. So you have to, in order to know what those needs are, you have to really intimately know your customer and you need to be able to create content that is a step ahead of what they actually need. So you know, yeah, like a lot of company, big companies, I can't name any off the top of my head right now, but I know have hired journalists, which, you know, for journalists is kind of a hard take turn to make because you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to go work for a company. Am I selling my soul? But it's really, you're, you're telling the story of the company through the, through content. And, and to me, that's kind of cool. I have to say, like, I, I actually enjoy doing that if it's not like a blatant salesy piece of writing, you know? Well, and the other thing is, is that's what drives marketing today is content, right? right? That's how people buy services because they've already checked it out on the internet before they actually come back to buy something. And I think the other piece of that is um, that it makes companies honest and vulnerable and Mm -hmm. that's what attracts followers. And if you're telling the story and it's a truth telling story, Mm -hmm. you're more likely to connect with your tribe and with people who actually want to buy from you as opposed to people who like don't really know you. And when it comes to actually making sales, it's easier to sell to someone who already knows you than it is to tell than to start telling the story, you know, once they've walked in the door. So it's like that whole new world of marketing and sales and everything. Um, that I think we were on the cutting edge of that we didn't know, right? I mean, I think when we started down this path seven years ago, at least I will say I honestly didn't know what I was doing. I knew that I had a voice and a story to tell, but I really didn't understand how it was going to come back to me through thought leadership, through brand building, and through um, marketing for my own firm. And I think the last piece of it is a lot of people don't realize how small our firm actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, They think because of our web presence, we have hundreds of people and we actually have six and they're not all full time. Yeah. But they are, they are superstars. They are superstars and I love them dearly. (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, finding your tribe. And then we're going to just get right into value pricing and, you know, especially, which is, is, which is Jody's area. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. We're back, and I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar, and we're talking to each other today about how we built a brand, the Radical CPA, and also, you know, pricing. So before we get into value pricing, I just want to ask Jody, you know, we were talking about finding your tribe and, you know, creating content and why it's important to make that investment, you know, and so Jody, when you're writing, um, you know, part of the reason why I think your writing really caught on is that you were really honest and vulnerable and you took the risk to be yourself. So how do you find that courage? Like for people that want to do this, who are like, I have something to say too. Like how, what what would you tell them? Like in order to find their courage to put themselves out there. So I think it's kind of what comes with being an older woman, right? No, like when you're in your 20s. You're not that old, Jody. Well, (laughs) but I think it's hard, right? Because like you're so concerned about what other people think. Right. And so you kind of, you kind of cover yourself up a little bit. But I think as you, you know, move into um, the mature woman stage, which I would consider myself now, all of a sudden you get to a point where you're like, you know what, this is who I am and either love me or hate me, but you know, I'm going to be who I am. And I think what, how that lends itself to business, which people don't understand is, and my favorite line is people do business with people. They always have. And if you're building a brand and you want to connect with people, you want to connect with people who are going to want to work with you for who you are. And the more honest you can be in how you build your company and in, and, in that, um, I guess that aura or that culture of your company, then the more likely you're going to attract people who like you and who are going to buy from you because they believe in your why, which goes back to, you know, how everyone says, you know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it, right? Mm -hmm. So the more you can help verbalize that why, then the more likely you are to be able to connect with a brand, build a brand and have people actually buy from you. And that leads actually into value pricing, which is, you know, my fit. Well, it's one of my favorite topics and we're in my financial underwear drawer segment now. But the reason um, it's so important is because when you build a brand, you can charge a premium for a brand. And when people and services and everything gets commoditized, People will pay for a brand. And if you think about like even the simplest thing, why do people pay $5 for a cup of Starbucks coffee that actually costs about 50 cents um, versus, you know, a regular cup of coffee and and they pay for it because it's a brand and it's an experience and it's important to them. So you as a small business have to figure out what your brand is so that you cannot become that commoditized service where people are looking to pay the cheapest amount. They're looking to pay for value and and the perception of a brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so let's can we define value pricing? Because I know it's in what how is that different from fixed pricing? So fixed pricing. Well, first of all, when you price something, you price it up front. Okay. If you're doing it after the fact, it's a bill. It's not a price. 
So let's go back to very, very basic, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you're billing it, you've already done the work and now you're sending a bill. If you're pricing it, you're telling a person upfront how much it's going to cost them and then you're going to create a price. So that's the first thing. Fixed price is something that is uniform across a certain percent of variables. So um, in my world, it's the number of transactions, the gross receipts of a company, um, what people are actually getting. Is it a tax return? Is it cash flow consulting? Is it something like that, right? So it's what they're actually getting. And every customer is going to get that same fixed price based on a number of variables. A value price is where you actually talk to your customer and you set a price based on your customer's perception of what's valuable to them. So it's a lot more um, discussion intensive because you really have to get to know and understand your customer before you can set a value price. But does that mean that changes according to which who, who you're talking to day by day? Absolutely. It's, it's based on a customer because every customer is going to have a specific perception of what's valuable to them. For some people in my world, it might be, I don't know, a tax return. Um, mm-hmm. For others, it might be actually just doing a bank rec. For others, it might be understanding the data um, that's sitting in um, an accounting file, right? It depends on what the perception of value is for that customer, Um, The other thing is that I think is really important to think about is when you think about a value price, you could value price anything, but is it worth your while to spend four hours on the front end to value price an engagement that costs $500? Probably not. So when I do value pricing, we have a very specific price limit for an engagement before we will even consider value pricing. Otherwise, it's a fixed price. So if you think about like, something as simple as McDonald's, right? Everybody buys the same hamburger and you get the value meal with the fries and the pop and it's like $4.69 or something, right? So that's a fixed price. It's a bundled fixed price because everybody pays the same amount. Whereas a value Mm -hmm. price, each customer could be paying a different amount for that same hamburger, fries, and a Coke. So I feel like this is so interesting because how do you... Like if every customer is paying a different price, like and in, in it's from the cu- the conversations that you're having with your customer, how do you how do you keep up with all the different prices? And how how do you keep how is that fair? I, I guess I'm just asking, like, you know, because if I have a conversation with client A or prospect A that wants you know, X, Y, and Z services. And I say, okay, yeah, it's going to be this amount of money according to like our conversation. And then the person next to me wants the same thing and our conversation is a little bit different. And I say, okay, no, it's actually going to be higher than what I sold A. I mean, obviously I wouldn't tell them that. Is that how it works? I mean, I'm just trying to get an idea of um, how yeah, you actually Yeah, I mean, it's a variable it. price. But yeah, like for okay. us, we won't value price an engagement letter unless it's gr- or an engagement unless it's greater than twenty five thousand dollars because okay. because if it's a if it's something routine um, for me it's not worth the extra effort to go through the whole value conversation. Um, gotcha. But, gotcha. So I think it's really important for people to understand the level of complexity that value pricing brings. Yeah. That it's not just oh I'm going to throw a number at it. You really have to understand your customer in order to value price well. And I always think about it as even if you think about the value of a bottle of a bottle of water, if you are somewhere and water's plentiful, it may you may be able to buy a bottle of water for twenty five cents, right? Even and I think in Costco at the machine, it's like twenty five cents for a bottle of water, right? If you're at a parade on a hot summer day, a kid might be ha- have a wagon and might be selling a bottle of water for a dollar, right? Yeah. If you're at a hotel and it's an expensive hotel um, and you're too lazy to go downstairs to buy a bottle of water, that same bottle of water may be $5. Right. Now, that customer is willing to pay a different amount based on their opportunity to get their need met to have a drink and based on where they are. And if you can link, like, think about it from that perspective, it's the exact same thing. You're selling the exact same thing, but based on the customer's perception, their location, where they are, and what's mm-hmm. important to them, you can charge mm-hmm. a different price. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also interesting that you have a threshold for a price, which is 25 k Like, you're not going to start doing value pricing at, like, a lower 
product or a lower service price because that's where you that's where your fixed pricing comes in, right? Correct. And the reason I have a lower price or a higher price point is because in order to truly value price the customer, you have to do a lot of front end work on the proposal and it's just not worth it. And I also believe, um, and this is where I disagree with many of the value pricing proponents, is at a certain point, um, I don't care how much a certain customer values something, there's a certain price that they can afford to pay for it. So yeah. based okay. on the market perception, based on what the what the market says the product is actually worth, um, is where we set our price. So there's a couple of different things like coming into play there. But um, if I value price to every engagement um, for our little ones, I would never get anything done because yeah. it, it's a lot of work on the front end. Yeah. So when we come back, I want we're going to talk about all, we're going to finish the con- this conversation and talk a little bit about new businesses and if you're you know, a service provider, how do you price for new businesses, you know, like that are just starting out? Um, so stay tuned. And also before we go, I just want to give a shout out to Avalara, who is our amazing sponsor. Um, and if you have any questions about sales tax, you should definitely check out uh, their website. Um, okay, we will be right back uh, to continue. <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical, and I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and we're having a really interesting conversation about value pricing. And um, so, you know, and the difference between value pricing and fixed pricing. But I actually, Jody, I have a question for you regarding how do you how do you price for new businesses not yet making revenue? And I, I guess I'm talking about like someone like me who works with mostly new businesses starting out um, who are still like getting their stuff together, you know, and like wanting marketing support and help and and consulting, but yet don't necessarily have the budget um, to do so. So how do you, how, how do you deal with that kind of situation? So I think the biggest important piece of it that people don't forget or they don't always think about is you have to know what it's going to cost you to deliver on whatever it is you're selling. So uh-huh. if you know what your your fixed costs are and your variable costs are to actually produce a product and what a simple project uh, profit margin is, right? So let's say you know it's going to cost you $100 and you want to build in 25% profit in it. So, you know, it's going to cost you $125. As long as you know your base, then you can actually come up with whatever fixed price you want to give you um, so that you're not losing money, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can sell based on capacity. So if you're selling a capacity, then you know, if you have extra capacity, you can sell things at a lower fixed price. Mm -hmm. If you don't have any fixed capacity that week, you can sell things at a higher price. So it's Mm -hmm. very similar to the way um, airplane tickets run. And this always amazes me, like airplanes are going to fly and they know what their cost is, like to fly across the country regardless, right? Yet, how come one seat can cost you $150 if you get it on a super hot deal? And other people, if they buy it the night before, pay $900 for that exact same seat. It's the same right. idea. Right. Depending on the capacity that you have to get the work done or 
essentially the number of seats on your plane is how you're going to figure out what your prices are. And um, one of the things that you can do with them is it can change based on need. So at a really busy time, you can raise your prices. At a slower time, your fixed price might be lower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like most businesses, you know, do this kind of thing? Or is this where when they're pricing their service, or, or is there like total so, confusion? So there's expert <laughs> pricers in this world, which amaze me, right? Like there's people who have the whole discipline of just pricing, right? And they figure out all of this stuff. But I think the hard part for us as professionals is is going from an hourly billing mentality to right. a pricing mentality. And that's that's the piece that professionals are struggling with because it was always like, well, my time is what I'm selling. Well, if you're not selling time, then what are you selling? And how do you shift that in your mind to figure out what your price is? And that's the, pe- the piece that people don't get because they think, oh, if, it, if they're selling time, oh, it's $100 an hour. But that's not true. People aren't buying the hour. They're buying the outcome. They're buying mm. the solution to their problem. And, and that's what knowledge workers or professionals who like actually think through things, creative thinkers, have to really rethink as to what they're selling and know that they're not selling an hour of time and to say, okay, I'm actually selling an outcome or a solution or a graphic or, um, you know, some sort of package. And and that's the piece that, that I think people and professionals struggle with because it's a whole new way of thinking. Right. Right. And wow. That is like when you said they are not buying the hour they are buying the outcome like that to me that should be like a bumper sticker or like we need to make pins or something about that because I just feel like that is yes it's a total mindset shift because you really have to think especially if you're a sir if you're somebody in professional services right you really have to think about what are you actually selling the customer you're selling them maybe peace of mind you're selling them maybe some sort of deliverable maybe you're selling them some confidence in their messaging, whatever it is, right? I mean, it's like really thinking about the outcome for the customer. And there's tangibles in that outcome and there's intangibles in that outcome. So intangible is something that's not actually tangible and it doesn't have a, a set value, right? And so now you have to marry the two to create a price around it, which is very different. And I always say, what is that, um, uh, tax plan that are the tax idea that happens in the shower worth. It only took me 10 minutes, but when I was in the shower, I thought of it and it's all those years of experience and all that other things that came into play. And yet it only took me a couple minutes in the shower to think of this idea that's now going to save you millions and millions of dollars, let's say, right? So what's the value of that worth? Right. And that's the hard part. That's that's the piece of pricing that people are uncomfortable with and they don't know how to do it. And so then it's like, oh, well, it's just easier to bill my time because I don't know. I don't know what it's worth. I don't know what the value is. I don't understand what my customer perceives as valuable. Well, do people uh, feel guilty that maybe it's taking you three minutes to come up with an amazing idea that's going to ultimately save them millions of, do- you know, or earn them millions of dollars? Do they feel guilty about charging so. and the I, value I, of that? I think so. And I think I think professionals inherently undervalue what they're worth because it's yeah. easy for them. Right. They think, right. oh my God, I can I can write a story really quickly because it's easy for me and I forget that that engineer is going to painstakingly, you know, yeah. take six hours to write it because writing isn't easy for them, right? So whatever it is you do, people under, they inherently underestimate the value of what it's worth because it's easy for them. I always say when you're pricing something, ask your spouse what they think it's worth because they have no idea what it is you do. And they're right. going to they're gonna come at it from a consumer perspective of, oh, wow, that's really cool. Like I would pay this for that. Right, right. And so one of the questions that I, you know, that I think is often, we, I think we often write about this and actually we probably, this is going to have to be a quickie question, but how do you create products out of a service? Which I think this is going off on what you were already talking about, but. Um, I think it's easier to sell a package than it is to sell individual things. And it helps solidify your relationship so that you have a a timeless relationship as opposed to a one and done relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like just making that happy meal, right? Like who eats a hamburger without the fries, right? And yet 
so you you put the fries in and you put a drink and you add a little bit of a discount and all of a sudden people bought the meal even though they may only eat five of the fries. Right. Well, I always eat my whole thing of fries, but me still. too. <laughs> so wow, this has been amazing, and I feel like we're just like, you know, touching ta- service. We're gonna yeah, we're this again. We're skimming the surface right now, value pricing and like brand and and building all of this. So we we maybe we will have to do a part two somewhat down the line, and um, you know. Before we wrap up, we just want to say thank you for tuning in. And um, you can always find us on Facebook. Uh, Let's Get Radical. You can send us an email at Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. We're both on Twitter at Jody Paydar CPA at Liz Gold, uh, Liz Stacy Gold. And um, listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. What else, Jody? What else do I am I missing here? Um, be excited that we're going to be on for another year. I know, right? Send us some love mail. (laughs) (laughs) Write us some reviews. reviews, Right? Yeah. Yeah. Write us some reviews. Ask us what you want to hear about. Ask us, you know, if we sparked your interest in any of the episodes that we've talked about. Like, what things have you heard that you, like, want to know more about? Because as we're picking guests, we can find the experts to get you better information to run your small businesses. Right. So, and we really want to hear from small businesses across the board. You don't have to be just like a professional service provider, but you know, everybody are all small businesses all the time. Um, yeah. I mean, this has been a great, great show. It's I feel like I've learned a lot. Show. I, yeah. I'm so glad we did this and we took a chance and we like shook it up a little bit and we said, Hey, we're going to interview each other. I know. So exciting. Um, And next week we have, uh, let's see, we have actually a millennial coming on next week. Isn't that going to be exciting? Who wrote a book. Can you believe that? (laughs) Yeah, he wrote a book and um, basically, and his name is Smiley. So that's all I'm going to say. If you want to just, you know, do some Googling and find out who he is pre-show, like I'm going to tell you, his name is Smiley and he wrote a book. And he's going to help us find our life purpose. So if yes. you're a millennial who's struggling to find your life purpose, heck, if you're a senior citizen who's struggling <laughs> to find your life purpose, you need to or listen. Or Gen Xer. You know, you may be a Gen Xer like, like trying to find your life purpose, too. I think it's cross-generational, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You're going to so, definitely want to check it out. Tune in next week. Okay. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Radical.